From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Show the Ring Podcast where Rings are proud. Uh, we got a tied series, two to two. The home teams uh, hold the serve at home. Uh, Carolina winning games one and two. The Rangers winning games three and four. Got a lot of things to talk about, man. Um, now we got to find a way to steal one game in Raleigh, North Carolina. Got to find one way. I don't know how we're going to do it. But uh, the, the the defense for the Rangers has been fantastic, man. Um, it, it's been fantastic uh, pretty much most of the series. And I love the penalty kill out of this team. Uh, the defense tonight was spectacular. And I, and I know that was a little mixed up on that uh, with Truba and Miller after they lost. Uh, they won the faceoff and, and lost possession of the puck, and Carolina got that cheap goal on Shesterka. But outside of that, man, I mean, come on. They've, they've done a fantastic job, a very, very fantastic job as far as defending the Carolinas' rush. And, 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 and honestly, game two was the same thing. Honestly, that game was as even as it got. And Carolina caught a – I don't even call it caught a break. They caught the Rangers sleeping uh, shorthanded goal. Uh, that was the, the difference, you know, Brendan Smith scoring it on Friday in game two. Outside of that, I mean, we could possibly – I mean, things are the way they are, 2-2. Two to two. It could be 3-1, to one, but we can't go off what could. But I'm just looking at it, man. Like, the Rangers have played the Carolina Hurricanes very well in this series, very well. And But here's the thing, though, and I want to get everybody's thoughts, and we'll bring them on a roll call, because I think the only – I would say the only way, but the main way the Rangers are going to beat this Carolina Hurricanes team is kind of how they've been winning these last two games at home – they have to take advantage of opportunity. They had a lot of them tonight. I'm talking about on the rush, uh, keep you know catch them sleeping, because uh, Carolina for the first two games at home defensively was they were they were pretty much a glove. They were smothering the Rangers with the three men at the red line in between the red line and the blue line at the neutral zone in the, in the blue line just smothering the Rangers. They couldn't find nothing. It was a dead team in Carolina. Totally different man by cap- capitalizing on opportunities. The power play. Goal started to come, and uh, Andrew Cobb had a very good game tonight, man. Um, and oh, one more thing, and I, I know I know Scott can appreciate this, man. I am feeling the Cobra Kai angle of the Rangers, uh, Gerard Gallant uh, tapping in into his inner uh, John Kreese. Uh, this is why we got the physicality, man. All this bullshit by Tony D'Angelo, we already know that as Rangers fans. Uh, I, I love this WWE in between games three and four bullshit going on. So let's get the guys on and get their thoughts. I am I'm ecstatic. Thursday cannot get here fast enough. I I am anxious. I'm already planning on what the hell I'm going to eat during that game for Thursday versus the Carolina Hurricanes game number five. Ranger proud of uh, forever blue shirts. Uh, Empire Sports Media would bring them on first. To get, let's get everybody on first. And then I would love to hear RP's thoughts. And I saw his excellent piece on Ryan Reeves and Gallant and uh, shared that all over the Internet. Or earlier today. RP, say hello to the people, sir, and we'll get everybody on. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Steve. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, best of three series now, boys. Yeah, <laughs> I can hear the joy in your voice, man. You got the stogie and the scotch, man? What's up? Got the stogie going. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. 
Uh, let's get uh get Carl on. Carl, what's up, man? Say hello to the people, man. How you doing, man? A pleasant good evening, everybody. Hey, didn't somebody say that the home teams were going to win the first four games of this series? I don't know who could uh, that be. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to be excited that it's going according to plan, though. So I'm pretty sure you're happy. It, with it is, but it, it is. But we'll talk about it on the show. We'll talk about it some more later on. All right, cool. Let's get uh, let's get Scott on, uh, Scott. Uh, Truba, uh, good evening, gentlemen. Woo, doing good. <laughs> yeah, I got huh? a little meme happy uh, in the in the second period when when we started to run away with it. <laughs> oh, nice, <laughs> nice, you know nice. what's funny is that right after um, right after the last game when uh, when Max Domi did all that nonsense and I was chatting with my buddy in Carolina, my Canes fan friend, I said and I quote and I can send you the screenshot if you like. I said. Y'all about to find out who Jacob Truba is next game. I guarantee you that. And sure enough, if this is the night of predictions, Carl got his, uh, you know, came true. And here's my prediction came through. I said, you're going to find out who Jacob Truba is. I guarantee you that. And sure enough, Jacob Truba set a beautiful hit, uh, really set the tone, let Max Domi know he was not going to get away with that nonsense. All right. All around great. Shout out to Shots to Scott, and then, of course, get the Honorable Glenn on. And man, I, I couldn't even imagine how his thoughts were after the first two games of Carolina. But now we got through almost a full week, and now the next two games, and we get his thoughts. Glenn, what's up, man? How you doing, man? Say hello real quick. Steve, how can I feel any way but spectacular? <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, this team has made me proud over the last week. Not, not that they haven't all season, but – I think we there is so much to talk about, and usually when we're coming on, I kind of think an hour before what I want to you know kind of open with or whatever. There's so much stuff, and it's right after the game. I didn't even have time to do that. Uh, but one thing, the most important thing I think that this team has showed in the last week is that they deserve for us to never, ever doubt them again. So we'll go from there. Okay, shout out to Glenn, and we're going to go lead off for RP. But let me say this real quick. I want to shout out, of course, the fans. I mean, I mean, there's so many things. I don't know if we could get an hour in, but uh, I'm gonna th- I think I'm going to go a little over an hour. I know some people may have to get to sleep and all that, but I am so- excited. So many things from fan banters or between whose crowd was more hot, louder. The Ranger fans stepped up tonight as far as crowd loudness. I know Carolina fans. Uh, we're getting um, more, more props about that. But as far as game, RP, let's talk about the games, man. I mean, how do you look at the summaries of games one through four, tonight's game? I mean, your, everything, your whole perspective, take your time. And everything between games three and four with the head coach, D'Angelo, Ryan Reeves, your article, if you want to put that in there, everything, RP, your thoughts. And if you got a question for Carl, no, in fact, we'll hold off the questions. Let's let everybody get their thoughts, and we'll go around for questions after that. We'll do it like that. Go ahead, RP, by the way. I'll go on mute. No, you know something? They didn't play bad at all in games one and two. They should have won game one, realistically. They showed that they could battle through adversity. They did it in the Penguin series. But, you know, coming home down 2-0, that's a damn tough task. And they played two solid hockey games. Storkin learned so much from the Penguin series. He looked so much more confident. I think his save percentage is 96.5 in the series, or at least in the last two games. Uh, Carolina can't score on the power play to save their lives, thank God, right now. I think they're 
eight for ninety-eight, uh, eight for eighty-eight in the playoffs, and they haven't scored a power play goal against the Rangers in four games now. Um, I love the way the game ended on game three, guys, because Carolina doesn't realize it, but they kind of woke the sleeping giant. And that's mm-hmm. not just Reeves. That was Gallant, because that man had an edge on him. If you saw after the Rangers made it 4-1 tonight, he was really coaching. I don't know if he was talking to the Crider line or to the Heater line, but he was really going at it. He was full force, intense. I loved it. I, I think it was great. I think it's great for the team. I really love the way Reeves was smart tonight, threw some great body checks, played some great offensive grinding that the team needed to eat up minutes and all. Um, I, a, a crazy move in the beginning, Kako going to the fourth line with the way the kids line has played. But I tell you, Tyler Mott just played very, very well on that line with Lafreniere and Hito. Kako got some good minutes. They had some scoring chances. Uh, Strom started playing really well, and, and, and Kopp and Panama line started getting some big goals. I think it was Kopp's first multi-point game or three-point game in the playoffs, something like that. Uh, Zabanejad and Kreider were just doing the thing. But, you know, as we said a little while ago, Truva, that hit on Domi was magnificent. It wasn't a headshot. He was falling down, and he skated through him. What a great, great check. And I don't know if you guys saw, towards the end of the game, Heedle got sort of pushed and checked into the Carolina bench. And who was there to stand up for him? But Lafreniere, this kid is a playoff hockey player. He has the body. He has that grit. He doesn't take any shit. I, I tell you, I'm really enjoying watching these guys play. Whatever happens beyond this, you really see a lot of heart and soul in this team, and that's why the fans are so loud today. And, of course, Boone D'Angelo's easy, so, you know, what can you do? But I, I really think the Rangers can take this series. I think they can win games, uh, game five in Carolina. They've been a great, great road team. And uh, I'm just looking forward to it. I can't wait to Thursday night comes. Yeah, RP, when we go back around and get to you, feel free to expound on your thoughts. And also, after you expound your thoughts, when we go back around, definitely have questions for everybody. Because, I, man, I am so excited for tonight's episode. Uh, Carl, before we go to you, let's bring on Adam just to say hello. Adam, just say a quick hello. But we're going to go back to Carl again. On. Just make sure that we acknowledge that you're on, on the episode. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Um, just going to be riding that high on that win. <laughs> yes, sir. Sounds good. All right. Shout out to Adam. Now let's go to Carl. Now, Carl, I, I don't think this is a surprise to you. Um, PSA: um, There's no show on Thursday for the football for obvious reasons. So we'll just put that out there. Uh, <laughs> if you feel me, you may continue your thoughts, sir, Carl. Um, your thoughts on games one through four, tonight's game, everything you're seeing, and then we go right down the line to uh, uh, Scott Glennon and Adam. Well, if you remember, as I said as we started the show, um, I thought going into the series that the home teams would win the first four games of the series. And part of my reasoning behind that was Carolina's last series, which has played out almost to a T uh, to what this series was. If you watch Carolina at home, they appear to be a far more um, – efficient, dangerous, I guess, more energetic team than they are on the road. When they went to Boston, it was a similar thing where they had a little a letdown, and then they were sort of taken out of the building in game four, and the same thing happened tonight. So, so far, um, nothing has really 
changed my mind about how this series is, is playing out. Now, the question, of course, is, is the biggest question of it all. You know, the Rangers have to win in Carolina. Carolina can actually pull this off if they wanted to by just winning the home games. That's, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out, okay, it's either going to happen Thursday or it's going to have to happen on Monday. I don't know which option it's, it's going to be, but the Rangers have to win one or the other in, in some fashion um, in order to get this done. Uh, the games in Carolina, in terms of how they were played, I thought the Rangers played well. Um, but unfortunately, that, that third period is still, still stuck in my mind because I thought that they sort of, for lack of a better word, just, just chose not to play offense and, and just allowed Carolina to sort of dictate the terms of the game. The empty, the, the, the missed net by Kako in game one probably could have put the game away, but unfortunately, you know, that wasn't the case. And then you watch the game two where basically when third period came and Carolina had the one nothing lead, the Rangers really couldn't generate, you know, much offense at all. I think the scoring chances in the last two games are 36 for the Rangers compared to the 17 that they had in, in Carolina. And I think that's part of the issue is that, you know, Ranta has been getting pressured more in the games on the road than in the games at home. Now, how we break through potentially on Thursday or on Monday is to be determined. Um, but I think that's, part of the issue is that you can we cannot allow a situation to, to develop where you know come Thursday you know you look up at the shot total at the end of the game and the Rangers have I don't know 22 shots and we come away saying damn we didn't pressure this guy like this the, the, I think the, the volume at a certain point has to, would, would play into our favor but we have to be able to pull that part of it off you know I, I joked on with somebody on I think it was on Friday yeah it was after Friday's game too I said boy you know if you watch the game that you see between the hours of seven o'clock eastern time and 9 30 and then you watch the game between 9 30 p.m and midnight you would think that there's two different leagues going on but unfortunately that's not totally the case um but in terms of individual play Ryan Lindgren this dude hey I I cannot say enough about this guy he he is a warrior that is the word I'm using for this dude he is he has been I, – I, I don't know what his injuries are right now or, or what. I keep, I keep getting worried every time he goes down that he's going to go to the bench and not come back. But he has been absolutely tremendous. Um, Lafreniere has really grown on me during this postseason. I don't know about anybody else. But his going into the corners, going into the dirty areas, ca- causing scrums, I didn't think he had just any hand in it. I don't know if anybody else thought the same thing. Um, but that has also stood out for me. I was – my my star going into the game tonight, I was highlighting was Vetrano because he hadn't really, you know, he, he hadn't scored a goal I think since Game Five in the Pittsburgh series, and he happens to score a goal on the power play tonight. So I was I wanted to give him uh, some some extra uh, praise as well. Um, I think one other thing I was, you know, oh, so my thunder there with with Tyler Mott, the the breaking up of the kid line to get more offense between games two and three. I think had to be done because at the rate that the series was trending going into the garden, the Rangers just needed some additional offense. And I, it was mentioned as well, you know, the ability of, of having to um, sacrifice some chances on the other end in order to get some offense going on the Rangers end became a much better strategy than just sort of just playing it straight up the way it was. You know, you have the better goaltender in the series Thus, you're will, much more willing to be a little bit more um, playing with flair and taking that chance that Shuskirkin will make a couple of stops more than the opposing team's goaltender. Now, whether they're allowed to do that in Carolina, 
that is TBD. We're going to have to wait and see. But it seems like Carolina, as we talked about during the season, it seems like Carolina, we had to get them uncomfortable. And tonight, I felt, was the very first time in which Carolina was uncomfortable. The second the game got to 2 nothing, that at that exact moment, I said, okay, here we go. And then when it got to 3 nothing, you saw Carolina play a completely different game than the shell game that they've been playing basically for the first, I would say, three, you know, two and a half to three games of the series. But tonight was the very first time that Carolina was uncomfortable. And I guess the question, and I pose it to everybody else going forward here, we got to make them uncomfortable in their building. And I guess the only way to do that is to score. But how do we break through and get them in that position, particularly on their home ice? Because until that happens, every you're, you're probably going to see them basically trade wins and losses until game seven. Mm, great points, man. Shout outs to Carl. Uh, let's go right down the line, get everybody on. Scott, fire away, man. And we'll go to Glenn and then go to Adam after that. You know, um, the, the Rangers won a uh, what I like to call a war of words after that uh, that chippiness at the end of Game Three. Uh, Gallant came out and made some uh, a statement. You know, he was obviously pissed, and he said something along the lines of, uh, "You know, you want to do stuff like that? We got guys for that." And then Reeves made a statement like, "I forgot exactly what he said, but he said, you know, I'm up for the challenge, whatever." And then Brindamore said something along the lines of, all right, well, what are you waiting for? And that, that was actually a good comment. I know a lot of Ranger fans were pissed, like, like, <laughs> but I said, you know, that's a good comment because he was trying to bait the Rangers into losing their cool, trying to bait Reeves into doing something stupid and, get, you know, maybe give them a nice power play. And he didn't do it. Um, I think, uh, RP, I think I commented on, uh, on one of your posts where I said exactly that, that just like when, he, when we opened against Washington, everybody thought he was going to go, you know, just go and rip everyone's heads off, and he didn't. Yeah, we lost that game, but whatever. But he didn't do anything stupid. Actually, at that, at that time, we were like, well, why didn't he do something? But um, Reeves kept his cool, and the Rangers, you know, Carolina is the most penalized team in the league. And the Rangers took advantage of that. Um, they take bad penalties, and rather than – and I think Brindamore, you know, obviously knows that as well and was hoping to bait the Rangers into doing exactly that, and they didn't. The Rangers, you know, set the tone. They were hitting hard and clean, and Carolina did what they do, take penalties, and the Rangers made them pay for it. And um, I forgot who just said it, but, yeah, Carolina did not look comfortable. Uh, and I think this was the first time in any game, uh, including game three, where we didn't have one of those just Carolina onslaughts for minutes at a time um, where the Rangers were just, you know, just trying to, you know, do what they, you'll notice when, when they get on that, the Rangers will get the puck in their own zone finally and just flip it like high up in the air just to get it out. Uh, that really didn't happen for an extended amount of time this time. You didn't have that repeat of the third period of game one. Uh, and the Rangers, you know, didn't really give Carolina a chance to get back in that game. Yeah, we all kind of, uh, you know, held our breath when it went 3-1 because we know what they're capable of. But the Rangers uh, came right back down and got it back uh, a couple minutes later. So, you know, th- th- this was this was the, the – you know, I mean, they were amazing tonight. You know, they they were yeah, they were outshot by three, but based on what we've seen in every other game, that's that's nothing. We, we might as well have been out have outshot them. You know, with shots for thirty one twenty eight, that's beautiful. We kept them. You know, we kept them to thirty one shots. Uh, we were definitely the better team up and down the ice. We were the more physical team, and and uh, you know, this Carolina just did not look like the Carolina that we know. And for that, I'm I'm very confident. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure after we won Game Three. 
because we just get one. I knew that the series rested tonight. I knew that if we lost tonight, we were not going to come back to 3-1 on this team like we did for Pittsburgh. But now, after this game, we got a shot here. I I really believe that. Um, You know, obviously we have to take one in Carolina, preferably the next one. But uh, I'm very confident going in there. Uh, I don't think you're going to see, yeah, Carolina's going to, you know, they're obviously a night and day from home and away. Um, but I think the Rangers are a lot more comfortable, a lot more confident. And, um, you know, and obviously we've got Vesna Igor back. So I'm very confident. Uh, I love what I saw tonight. Uh, Rangers were smart. Rangers set the tone and uh, did not give Carolina an opportunity to tilt the ice like they've been doing, uh, you know, for extended periods. It was just, just a great game all around. All right, shout-outs to Scott. Thank you very much. Uh, definitely get your questions lined up. We'll go to Glenn. We'll go to Adam. We'll go to George after that. And then go back to the Honorable RP. Uh, but let's go to Glenn. Get your thoughts, man. We're looking forward to hearing from Glenn. Yep. Yeah, I mean, after the first two games, uh, you know, Steve, I, I although we were down 2 nothing and it didn't look good, I felt good that they were in both of those games. Uh, obviously, if Kako nails that empty net uh, toward the end of uh, the third period in uh, game one, then, you know, that that game is pretty much put away. Uh, game two, you know, was one nothing for a, a very long time and, you know, just a bounce, a deflection. Uh, you know, anything could happen. So, um, you know, I keep going back to the first two games uh, that they played this year against uh, Carolina where Carolina just – I mean, the two words that I think of are just relentless and suffocating. Um, and that's the way they played in the, the first two games. The second two games in the regular season, Rangers played better. Um, didn't win either of them, but I thought that, you know, they were making some headway against this team. And, you know, if we wound up playing them in the playoffs, that we'd have a better idea of, you know, what to do because it seemed like they were coming around on that. Now, I think the difference between the first two in Carolina – and the two here in New York, is that the Rangers have found a way, to me, to overcome the uh, Carolina forecheck. They've been doing a much better job of getting the the puck out of the zone. Um, You know, there were times, like somebody just said, that, you know, they were just uh, in in the Rangers' zone for minutes on end. Um, You know, even if there was a stoppage, they couldn't win a faceoff. So... Uh, I, I think the biggest thing I've noticed is that somehow the Rangers have been able to uh, ease that, that uh, hurricane forecheck. Uh, and they seem also to be getting to loose pucks in the offensive zone more than they had before. So uh, I, I think they've, they've had possession in, in the Carolina zone more than they did in the first two games. Um, the power play has looked tremendous. Uh, I know that uh, I think someone was asked, might have been Crider after the first game, uh, you know, what they saw as far as pe- uh, penalty killing for Carolina. And he said, well, you know, we, we had a 30-second power play, so it's really kind of hard to, to tell. Um, and, and then, you know, after the second game when they had a couple of power plays, they seemed uh, to kind of get a feel for what Carolina was doing on the kill. And uh, I, I think the power play has looked a lot better since then um, to uh, kind of hop on to what everybody else said about the end of game three. I think if the Rangers win this series, the end of game three and the chatter that went on yesterday is going to be the turning point in this series because um, I felt, I don't know if any guy, you guys did, but I kind of felt in the first period that Carolina was 
kind of looking over their shoulder a little bit. Uh, they seem to, you know, lose some pucks off their sticks. They seemed a little preoccupied with, uh, you know, seeing what Reeves was going to do. And then obviously that hard hit on, uh, on Domi by Truba. I think it shook them up a little bit. I think it got them a little bit off their game. That and the fact that, you know, the Rangers had gotten a two-goal lead. And, I mean, Carl was like right on. They looked uncomfortable. And we haven't seen that out of them for, you know, the regular season. And I didn't see a lot of the Boston series, but uh, there were probably some periods there where where Boston was able to do that to them too. So, um, you know, we'll see now if they can break that uh, home-and-away record that Carolina has. I mean, it's almost impossible to to realize that, you know, they're 6-0 at home, 0-5 on the road. Uh, that their power play with the talent that they have uh, is whatever it is, eight for 88 or uh, whatever. Uh, And and the way it looked tonight, yeah, it can turn on a dime, but the way it looked tonight, it didn't look like there was, uh, you know, any progress that they've been making, any reason to think that they were going to snap out of it. So, um, you know, this team that we thought uh, in the beginning of the season uh, was going to, uh, you know, battle for a playoff spot, hopefully get in, maybe win a round. Um, this team right now, uh, the way they're playing, um, I mean, they can play with this team. This team has grown up very quickly. Um, I mean, you know, the the coming back 3-1 against Pittsburgh with all that adversity, uh, coming back 2 nothing with Carolina. Um, I mean, this team... You know, I mean, I'm I'm playing with words here, but this team has almost become uh, a team of hardened playoff veterans. Uh, the way the kid line is playing, um, you know, I've got a lot of confidence going into uh, Thursday night in Carolina. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, you know, with the how differently Carolina has played at home than they've played on the road, but uh, I've got a lot of confidence that the Rangers can keep this up and. Um, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it sounds like Freddie Anderson is close. I don't know after a game like tonight if if they would, you know, throw him in there in game five uh, or if they'd wait. I mean, shades of uh, Tristan Jarry coming back in game seven with Pittsburgh. I don't know that they would want to put Freddie Anderson in that position. Um, I don't know if uh, Ronta maybe tweaked himself a little bit uh, on that um, that split that he, he made to make the save on Zabanajad. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, uh, you know, with the Carolina lineup and if they do go back to the way they play at home uh, in the playoffs. Um, but I'm very confident about that. Um, I just want to mention two things. That play by Kreider, uh, where he broke his stick and kicked it into the corner so the Rangers could keep possession and, and uh, score the, the first goal, I think, that Fox got. What a tremendous play. I mean, you got it, Miscott. That was a tremendous play. Um, and the other thing that I've noticed is, although we're still not doing really well on faceoffs, I've noticed in, a, in at least the last two games that Cop is, is doing a great, a great uh, uh, job of tying the puck up in the dot to give somebody time to come and get it. He, he hasn't lost a lot of faceoffs cleanly. And, you know, I hope guys like uh, – Zabanajad and Heedle uh, will we'll take a look at that because that's, to me, a key. They haven't given 
uh, at least with Cop taking faceoffs. They haven't given Carolina a shot to uh, just get a shot right off the faceoff like we saw so often in the Pittsburgh series. So, uh, uh, anyway, I mean, just uh, watching these four games, I thought they were in the first two. Should have won game one. Could have won game two. I mean, Gallant could have been watching tapes of Tampa tonight with a little bit of luck. But um, I'm feeling very confident right now that this team is, is not going to get overwhelmed by Carolina. They're not afraid of them. They've got a lot of confidence. They're playing with confidence. So why shouldn't I have confidence in them too? Um, I'm feeling really good about them right now. Uh, Igor has been fantastic when he's had to. Everything's going well. So let's just see if they can keep it going. Shout-outs to Gwen. Thank you very much. We're going to go to Adam, get his thoughts. And listen, man, I am so happy how uh, Gallant handled it in between games three and four. I mean, it had a Cobra Kai feel all over it, man. We released the dojo on the Hurricanes, man. Oh, I loved it. And you know, I mean, you know, I'm going to move it like they tie it to sports, man. I loved it. I loved everything about it the last couple of days. Let's go to Adam, man. Adam, Adam, how you feeling, man, um, since game two? How are you feeling against I love that you were... All right, well, other than you have, uh, mentioning Cobra Kai, it was funny. I was actually watching that today. So, yeah, the Rangers showing no mercy, right? Um, so, honestly, I didn't honest, – <laughs> so, honestly, um, I didn't watch the first two periods of this game tonight, but I got called to watch the third. But the way I've been seeing this team tonight, it's like they're showing that they want that momentum carrying into Carolina. Now, Steve, you know – and I, you know, we were at game, we were at game two Friday, and the one thing that scares me the most going into the next game is the crowd that's going to be behind the Hurricanes. And obviously, you know, we're great, we're doing well, we tied the series, but Thursday is going to scare me a little bit because the fans in Raleigh are so loud; it can, I feel like that could break the momentum real quick. But as long as they block out the noise, I think we have a shot here. But <clears throat> I'm happy to see how this team is doing. Like, you know, as uh, a lot of people mentioned, Lafiniere, showing that he is already a playoff player. You know, he's not afraid to take, throw the body. He's not afraid to get a hit or anything. But he's been showing his showcase of how much of our, the worth of the first overall draft pick. The kid line's been good. I feel like the Jad's finally waking up. I mean, that forecheck in the like the last five minutes of the third period, stud. Like using that reach, you know, we all know he's a great forechecking player in the defensive zone and sometimes in the offensive zone. Uh, the power play came together tonight. I'm very proud of what this team is capable. But my worry is Thursday night with going back to Carolina. The fans are relentless. And, Steve, you can chime in with me on this one. The, you know the fans are relentless because I came home Friday night with a headache as to how loud that building was. But watching game one, they had them on the ropes, but unfortunately defense kind of fell flat. Game two, it was to me it was dead even because both teams played flat. Both teams were too equal. Obviously, Carolina came up with the win and the shutout. Worst, worst money I've ever spent right there. I'm like, how can we get shut out? We haven't seen one goal. Um, 
game three on Sunday, fantastic. Uh, we they were we had we were up in the ropes a little bit, but we, we pushed right back. But tonight showed that this team actually compete on Thursday, no problem, carrying that energy, carrying that momentum. Now I'm going to be confident. Hopefully we get the win on Thursday, but I talked to a few Kings fans after Friday night as a civil conversation. They said the same thing that us Ranger fans, uh, some Ranger fans were probably agreeing on. They have a feeling that it's going to be like the Boston series. Every win was out at their home ice. There has to be a break in the chain somewhere. Well, hopefully that's Thursday night. I know I'm talking about Thursday because I, it's the most game I'm the, I'm the most worried about. Because if we lose Thursday, obviously we have a shot to go back at it on, on Saturday. But that game seven back in Raleigh, I guess the one thing I don't want is another game seven, especially we're not at home. It's in Raleigh, and I have I have a, my brother lives out here in North Carolina. He went to game seven against Boston. He said that's been the loudest he's ever heard the building. So I'm basically going to be talking about here is the fan energy. The garden tonight, I never heard it. I never seen like it. Like the energy was there. I was saying this game three, but let me ask you this. How, let me ask you guys this as a whole. How do you think hmm. the Rangers should handle the crowd of Carolina since they are the loudest building in the NHL? You handle it by uh, playing your game. <laughs> you can't. I'm not worried. No you do it. They're, they're, they're pros. You can't, you can't be worried about the fans. The, the only way to be the best is you're going to have to beat the best in their home arena. The Rangers can only get out of this series by winning one of two games in Carolina. It, it's clear cut. The Rangers probably one right. of the best road teams, been one of the best road hockey teams this season in the NHL. They've already played two games there and probably could have won both of them. They put up with a hostile Penguin base and won game, uh, what was it, game six in Pittsburgh game six. they had to. Yeah. I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think the fan base is the problem. I think the Rangers have the confidence now because they put up for tonight that they can beat these guys. They can play their style of game. And like I said, when we started, I think they woke in a sleeping giant. I think the Rangers played test tonight. We haven't seen that all season. That power play that started the game tonight for them, that was probably the two greatest minutes of power play time the Rangers had all season. Granted, they didn't score, but, man, did they pick up confidence. And they grew with that the entire game. You never mm-hmm. felt like the Rangers were in danger of losing this game right. tonight, even when Carolina made it 3-1. You thought about it, don't get me wrong. And in years past, they probably would have made it 3-2 and we would have sweated out the last four or five minutes. But you just got a <laughs> different crew of guys here. You know, Cop and, and Vetrano just came in on, on two great trades that Drury made that in the beginning a lot of us thought, who the hell is Vetrano? You know, and is Cop that good? And you see what they're doing now. And I think the confidence mm-hmm. is in – I think the Rangers have the confidence and the momentum right now to go into Carolina and, and, and stop that. You, you're not going to win a Stanley Cup if you don't win on the road in the playoffs. Right. And that's Carolina's biggest downfall now. Right? They lost three in Boston. They lost, they've lost five playoff road games already, and they're only in the second round of the playoffs. 
So I think the yeah, Rangers right. will take that into that game, into this next game in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, man, if I'm them, you throw everything you got in the first period. Broncos look shaky. The Rangers look like they were the faster team. Man, the best thing you could do is shut those fans up by scoring quick and scoring early. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's what yeah. the game plan is going to be. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm, I'm not worried about the fans affecting the Rangers. I'm, I'm worried about the fans affecting the Hurricanes, and the Rangers need to come out like they did in game one. Rangers came out in game one, uh, and I'm, I'm, it's my favorite term, and I'm going to use it again. Rangers came out in game one with their asses on fire. Uh, they got the one, but they couldn't get any more than that. Um, and they did pretty much take the crowd out of the game. The crowd, even though the, the Hurricanes were only down one goal the whole game, the crowd was not really a factor being one nothing, So the Rangers need to come out, asses on fire, get that goal, and then get that second goal and not let the, uh, the Hurricanes have one of those tilted ice periods. And I think as we saw uh, tonight, a little bit on, uh, in game three, and definitely tonight, uh, I think the Rangers have uh, found a fix for that. They, uh, You know, Gallant is just proving, you know, every game how great of a coach he is, and we finally got that great coach. Uh, in everything that he's doing, and I think they made the adjustments and they they got that fix for that tilted ice. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be you know more pronounced in 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 that home arena, sure. But they got to get that. They got to get a two goal lead in in Carolina is what they got to do. And then the hey, crowd will uh, not be an hey. issue. Go ahead. Can I chime in a little bit on on that? Yeah, yeah real quick, go, real go ahead. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So I think what he might be asking uh, is, is it Adam? Do I have it? Do I have it correct? Yep. Okay. I want to use a reference point that I thought about as you guys were talking about it. Remember the 2015 conference final against Tampa when the Rangers yeah. came back for Game Five. If you remember, the first yep. like four games of the series was kind of up and down. You know, chance. You know, both teams are you know kind of trading chances, and then when Game Five showed up. Tampa Bay completely changed the way they play, basically just taking the air out of the game completely. And, I'm, and if you remember game one last week, the Rangers essentially just took, took the air out of the, out of the building, out of the game, out of the game. Now, unfortunately, they didn't play much offense either. But I'm thinking, coming into Thursday night with the crowd excited and, stuff and, and, and everything like that, that I think the same strategy that was employed in game one to basically just take the air out of the game could probably work to the Rangers' advantage on Thursday if they were to employ it again. Adam, you want to follow up before we go to George? No, that's a good point you made. Uh, The other thing uh, that I want to mention, you know, with game three, with game three, like the after what happened with game three with Tony D'Angelo, you know, barking at Galant and fire under our ass in game for tonight's game, really showed that we we can't let these guys get under our skin because let them play stupid. Let them take the penalty so we can have the opportunity to capitalize on the power play. And if they if they carry that same if Carolina played the same way tonight, they ain't going to they ain't going to win this series. We we got them. We got them on the ropes right now. God Shout out to Adam. Let's go to George and get his thoughts, and then I'll chime in and go back to RP and get around, and get some questions and answers for everybody. George, what's up, man? The Boosters did it. Hey, man. what's up? How you doing, man? You good? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm freaking just – the game was amazing. Rangers played with a lot of confidence today. I'm really proud of them. I haven't seen them play like that 
I mean, besides against Pittsburgh, but last couple of games against Carolina, they needed to play like that. So that hit against Domi kind of woke up, woke up the whole team, I think. Kind of showed them, like, you know, we're not to be messed with. We're, you know, we're not going to tolerate your BS. So, hey, you guys want to call me Colin D'Angelo also – I like how the fans were trying to get getting on him. Every time he touched the puck, they kept booing him, and the boos got louder and louder. So I'm pretty sure he was pissed. I don't care. He deserves the boos anyway. But other than that, I think they they played really well. They they played a lot of confidence, skated with confidence, and hopefully they they got to carry that to the at uh, Carolina and just shut the shut the crowd up. Like they said, like one of them said earlier, um, is the crowd going to make a difference? Rangers has got to tune them out the same way um, Igor tuned out the fans at Pittsburgh when they were trying to chant his name, get to his skins. Like, you can say all that stuff you want. It's not going to affect me. You know, at the end of the day, we're going to win this. So that's what the Rangers got to come out playing like that. You know, no matter what building they go to, they just got to just tune them all out and just get that W, get that win. Now, is there a particular Rangers player in his last two home games that you were impressed by their play individually, or is there a particular line that you like or, or, or a unit? Well, the kid line has been impressing me a lot. Um, with Hito, um, kid with Hito, these guys they impressed me a lot. Um, that's pretty much it, that line. Um, who else? Um Mm-hmm. I wish Panarin would shoot more and, pa- and pass less. That's the only thing that's bothering me right now. Is <laughs> Panarin just oh my. he just needs to shoot a little bit more. That's all he needs to do. And now that you got um, Banerjee and Kreider getting getting pucks in the net more, so they're just two star players. They're about waking up and all that. So I'm happy for them. Right on, right on. Um, let me say something real quick about Panarin. I'm going to get my thoughts and go back to RP. Now, Panarin, it's not often on this platform, Glenn, Scott, Carl, George, Adam, RP, we criticize Panarin. He's been getting criticized for holding the puck and holding too long. I didn't like what he did on that power yeah. play. Got cute with the pass and almost set up a shorthand yeah. opportunity. It almost got ugly. And then he had the breakaway where Jesper Fast on his heels. Uh, I thought that would have opened up things for him. Can't good play play by Jesper Fast. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not blaming him. I'm just talking about from a conversion standpoint. And that's the reason why I think the Rangers are back in the series because I think their only way, or the main way they're going to win the series is what you saw in game three and four is pretty much capitalize on that forechecking. And I think that was Carl or um, Glenn's point. They've been killing us with that in, in the first two games. And they have to take chances. I don't think in Carolina the execution of those breakaways were there because when I when I, when I saw you know you know from a you know from a top seat in the in, in, in the upper deck and I saw the game, I literally saw how they were lining up against the Rangers coming up ice and the Rangers could not do nothing. I mean, it made it look like the Rangers weren't going to score a goal for the rest of the season because they had three men across. And every time they they were there defensively between the blue line and in 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 the um, neutral zone. Talking about the Carolina defense, it, it was it was it was suffocating the watch. It was draining the watch. It was great game mm. plan, and, and I don't think the Rangers wanted or they didn't make no adjustments in game number two. And I think you saw a little bit of that in game three when, like Scott said, Carolina's a very penalized team, and the Rangers eventually were going to get some momentum going on that power play, and they finally came through in game three. That's how I'm starting to see it because. 
uh, they're drawing penalties, they're, they're getting the momentums, and they're executing better going up ice, getting past that Carolina Fortune. That's how I'm seeing the series. And I'm glad – and this is another thing. I think this is really taking the win out of the Carolina Hurricane sale. And this is props to the Rangers. And I think this is more of uh, acquisition. We talk about Cop. We talk about Vetrano. Uh, Tyler Mott has been a, a big key, on, especially on defense and especially on the oh, yeah. penalty kill unit. He, to me, is the is one of the big difference makers. Truba, him, uh, 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 on that first penalty kill unit. Him, uh, Truba, Miller, uh, those guys have done – they've been lights out, man. I've never seen the Carolina power play this this taken out of the game. Now, I, RP, I'm going back to you because I don't want to jinx this shit and your guys come, come looking for me saying, you blew it. You said something about the Rangers. I'm not going to mention no Carolina Hurricanes who went, yeah, yeah, who went dry, who's been going on a dry spell. That recovery speed for Carolina is every they, – they've done well. That, that game number two, man, it was that close of a game. I can't believe how it ended up in the shorthanded goal uh, by Brendan Smith. That's how close that shit was. I, 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 that's that's it, sometimes the puck bounces that way, and it's kind of like they that has been their mo versus us is that they get the breaks and we did it, but we did a good job with execution. I'm with you, RP. Even with that loud ass crowd in Raleigh, the Rangers if they had to slow this game down and make passes, they were the game number two was really frustrating to watch because they were missing passes all night long. And just like you can't, you can't execute if you can't get up ice, and that's what it was. And they definitely changed that up. And I agree with Carl and Glenn's points on that. Definitely, uh, uh, RP. Let's go back to you, man. Um, I'm, I was, like, I was always wondering how this thing would be with Barkley Goodrow, you know, because of his ankle situation. He's out for the series still, right? Mm-hmm. He's not coming back, right? No, he hasn't practiced. Yeah, damn. He hasn't. Man. He hasn't I mean, can you imagine? So I doubt you're going to see him. Yeah, it, 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 How it, this it'd be, be a real interesting scenario of, of of who they would sit if if and when Goodrow comes back. Like, where, where would you where would you put him in? It, it's a real tough thing, you know. Especially if he comes back in in the third, you know, if the Rangers should advance to the Eastern Conference Final, these are the guys that got them there. And anyone you take yeah. out could screw up another line. It, it's a real mm-hmm. interesting. It's a good problem to have. And I hope the Rangers have it because they need Goudreau. But I, I tell you, as good as the Rangers are playing, they have to figure out how to win a faceoff. 55 <laughs> to 35% tonight is just unacceptable. And and that number, the Rangers only won 35% of the faceoffs. But Zimbanejad was at 50%, and I think Kopp was at 53%. Everybody else totally shut the bed. And puck possession is so important. It leads to your forecheck. It keeps them not having the puck, obviously. So, and I know it's you know it's late in the game. I don't know how they can get any better now, but they have to find out ways to to tie guys up and and to win these draws. And just some of the other numbers I'm looking at that they need to improve on if they want to win in Carolina. Twenty nine giveaways is way too many, and it's kind right. of surprising that number because if you guys noticed in the first period. The Rangers didn't want to – they were dumping the puck in when they knew that they could get the possession of the puck again. And I was watching it a lot. I was talking to my wife about it. And it was very unusual for the Rangers. Normally they dump it in and Carolina would get it first and they would come out and it would be no forecheck. The Rangers were holding on to the puck a little bit more, which I think is good. 
They weren't holding it on too long when they were getting back checked. They weren't just dumping the puck in, or they weren't just passing the puck blindly, even though they had 29 turnovers. So they're going to have to iron that up a little bit. And I, I think with that, they, they have a really good shot Thursday night in Carolina. It, you know, it's the same thing we always say. Get a lot of shots. Uh, their speed tonight was incredible. It's all things that they can do on the road. And if you think about it, they could. We keep. We all tonight keep saying they could have won game one. They should have won game one. They could have won game two. So why can't they win game six? Mm-hmm. They weren't dominated in Carolina as loud mm-hmm. as that crowd was, and as much better I thought Carolina played at home compared to these two games at the Garden. But the Rangers were never really out of it except for that third period in game one. And, and the early part of the overtime. So I, I don't see not that why they can't lose. I don't understand why they can't win. I mean, why not? Sorry if I keep stopping, but I'm fighting with a couple of fans about the truth hit. My bad. I normally don't even engage, but to keep saying it was a dirty hit, it was probably one of the – his feet only came off the ice after he hit Domi. People, it's funny, I'm watching hockey a long time. I'm 53 years old. And in the old days, a good, clean, hard hit was accepted on the ice. You know, there was Mm -hmm. a mutual respect to the game. You don't have that anymore. Sam Rosen says it all the time. Just because, even if it's a ranger that gets leveled by a hard hit, like by a crystal tank, which happened several times last series, there's no need, you don't have to go after that guy and risk-taking an instigator penalty and stirring it up and giving them a little bit of energy in life. Sometimes you can hit hard in hockey. Uh, we've seen Lafreniere get beat up a ton of times. He gets up and keeps playing the game. Mm-hmm. People just can't accept that. Sometimes Schubert is a hard hitter. He really reminds me of a Scott Stevens at times. Scott Stevens beat the hell out of everybody. All mm-hmm. clean, hard shoulder hits. And sometimes the shoulder catches off the other guy's shoulder and hits the head. Sometimes, like tonight, when Max Domi is slipping as Truba's coming in clean, there's nothing that you can do about it. You don't want Domi to get a concussion or get hurt, but it was a good, clean, hard hit. So I, I just don't understand the hatred in, in good, clean hockey, but it is what it is, and for some apparent reason tonight, I've decided to engage with a couple of more on Kane fans. So, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> It, it just with that and with that other jerk from TNT, Paul Bassinet, that called all Ranger fans come the other day, really pissed me off. So I keep chirping at him. Really? Oh yeah, he had some he 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 had some choice words for Ranger fans the other day, and TNT didn't care that he was using such nice language. So even though I'm not wow. supposed to because I'm a I'm a blogger and I'm trying to, I know people are watching it and all, but sometimes that shit pisses me off. So anyway. Sorry about the uh, off the tangent there, boys. But yeah, I, I just think overall, you you take you take a win tonight, guys, and you just you enjoy it. And then tomorrow there's not going to be a practice, so the next time they're on the ice is probably for a morning skate on on Thursday. And you go in with your circuit leading you, and you play your best game, and you, you see where it shakes out. I I love where they are. I like I like their heart and the way they're playing. I think they're. I think it took them time to, to adapt from the Penguins to the Hurricanes. But I just don't think the Hurricanes, I, I'm not, they're a really good hockey team, but I had more fear playing the Penguins than I do playing this team. And that showed in those first two games. To be in it all the way to the end in both games, 
the Wayne just have to be confident going into game six. ARP, you have a question for Carl, who's next, and we go right down the line. Hmm. Carl, do you think the Carolina's going to find their power play in the next two games? They certainly do. I mean, I mean, they're getting red notices in the mail. Um, <laughs> I, think was, I think it was nine for 92 going great. back to the regular season. I mean, they've got too and many was, good yeah. players to be this bad for this long. And maybe yeah. it, maybe they find it next season. But the Rangers just need to have it keep going for, like, at most three more games. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's probably one of the things is that, you know, you probably do want to – it's sort of like a, a larger point. You probably then want to try to end this series in six games to avoid that sort of, right. you know, one-game randomness where all of a sudden after all the games and all the failures, you know, they find the game seven night where they just, I don't know, go two for three or two for four, something right. like that, and all of a sudden they win the series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I you know, the, yeah, the logic says it's going to turn around for them because they've got too many good players to not have this continue. You know, the, the term I like to use when a team has a power play the way it's going right now, I call it Rangers-esque from like 2013, mm-hmm. 2011, 20. Like there was like about a five-year span where every time the Rangers were on the power play in the postseason, I was just like, can we just decline this and just like move on? Like, you know, just like skip these two minutes and just, just, just come back in a, you know, a little while. And maybe Carolina's feeling the same way right now, but I feel like, you know, hey, uh, I, I'm as tempting fate, you know, the, at, at, uh-huh. I mean, it, 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 it's just something that I'm just not comfortable with it going the way Carolina's doing it for, for this long. It, eventually it's going to turn around, but hopefully, like I said, we just got to see if this thing can just sort of just stay on ice for a minimum two games. And that, and that call, that's why I thought the Rangers, 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 Rangers. Reeves, Reeves is a smart hockey player. He, he, he was in Carolina's head, and when he came out in the first period, he wasn't looking to start a fight. He wasn't looking for the little dirty. He just played his game. And it kind of kept Carolina looking over their shoulder, well, when is Reeves going to try something? And he didn't have to. Mm-hmm. He just kept hitting them clean all night. All that's night. That's what and I thought. He was some heavy, heavy body checks all night. And doing that, First of all, I guess it gives the Rangers a little bit more confidence knowing that right now Carolina's power play isn't strong. So sometimes when you know that, you play a little bit more aggressive, you know, try to throw that little extra hit in and all. And, of course, eventually it could come around and bite you. But until it does, I mean, that's happened against the Rangers. How many, how many years when that power play was horrible and you see the other team taking extra advantage against the Rangers, knowing, hey, that power play sucks. Let them get the man advantage. Yeah. They're not going to do nothing with now, it. Now, RP. So, like – now RP, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Now RP, it's certainly not for a lack of chance. I'm looking at the at the the six home in the six home games that they've had. They've had 24 power plays. So that's about an average. Of, that's a four, four people, you know, four you know power plays a game. I would I would not want to risk giving them four power plays on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a fan of doing that. But no, you know, that's that, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the good thing about the Rangers is when they're skating so well, they don't take those lazy penalties, the hookings, the holds, the trips. And when they start taking those penalties, it normally means they're a little bit behind the play. So if the Rangers just keep up the way they're doing it, I think right there alone it will limit their their penalties. And all the pressure now, believe it or not, is on Carolina. All the pressure is on Carolina because if they don't win at home, now what happens? 
Now they'll come back to where they haven't won a road game or playoffs, and it'll be an elimination game. So the Rangers just need to take advantage of that early. The first period, I think, is crucial next game. All right. Hey, Carl, you have any additional thoughts? And then if you have a question for Scott <laughs> after your thoughts. Yeah, and I guess this can also just go for everybody. Because you guys just saw my face-offs earlier. What do we make of the losing of face-offs in the offensive zone? I feel like during some of these power plays, we're basically – I look at them as like six 20-second shifts, right? And we're basically giving away the first 20 seconds. Let's say, you know, let's say the Rangers are getting three power plays in the game. They're literally giving this away, you know, mm-hmm. right off, right at the jump. And, I, and, and with the way Carolina sort of positions it now that we've gotten two power play goals last game, but the way Carolina sort of positions its defense right up at the blue line, it's, it's, you know, getting those entries after you've already given away the puck for those first, you know, 15, 20 seconds seems to be very difficult. What, what, can we, what can we sort of attribute that to? Okay, Scott. Uh, I just, it's unbelievable how these guys, these professional guys who have been playing center most of their career at the National Hockey League level can be that bad. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, they, they don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's bad news um, because it's a missed glorious opportunity. I mean, how many times, like, like you said, that, you, know, you, 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 you lose that offensive draw, they clear it out, that's 20 seconds gone. How many times have we seen the Rangers take a draw deep in their own zone, killing a penalty with the same exact deal, 15 seconds left, win that draw, power plays over, penalty kills over, and now all of a sudden you're giving them another 15, 20 seconds. Um, it, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, hold your breath time. It, it, I don't know. I mean, that's something obviously that will be addressed in the off season. Um, when, um, I think we, we've, we've got this kid out, uh, this kid Ottman, um, who's lighting it up and he's a center. So maybe he's the answer. Who knows? He'll probably make the team next year. But as far as this year, I mean, it is what it is. There's really nothing we can do at this point. Uh, you know, we're at the point where, uh, you know, it, it, it's like we you celebrate when they win a face-off. And, yeah, even Ray Ferraro, with all his Ranger hatred, you can tell, you know, because he, he's pointed out every single time. You know, he's making a snarky comment. Oh, the Madden Jazz got to win this one. Oh, of course, the Madden Jazz lost it. And you can tell he's loving life when, when they lose one, but he's making good points. You know, he's really putting the stress on those face-offs. And, he, you know, he's, he's absolutely loving life uh, when the Rangers are losing these face-offs. But... Um, it is what it is. I can hear the yeah. frustration in his voice when he's saying it. Because I know what he's saying. Because he's like, dude, you can't keep losing on this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think it's frustration. I think he's, I think he's partying. Um, you know, I was trying to get a feel for him, when, you know, in the first series. Um, I know that the games were on MSG, and um, you know, with my cable set up, um, I, I, from my MSG, you know, I have a screen going on. You know, might not exactly be legal, but uh, so sometimes the uh, you know the TNT and the TBS and the and the ESPN comes in better than the MSG, so I had to resort to that. And so I got Ray Ferraro, obviously, you know. I thought he was just a huge Penguins fan because he played for the Penguins. So now I'm trying to get a feel for him in this series. And, no, he hates the Rangers. It's not just that he was pro-Penguins or maybe he's just pissed because we knocked out the Penguins. I don't know. For whatever, he hates the Rangers. That that much is clear. So he's absolutely loving life Uh, when they're losing those face-offs. I got to disagree. I mean, I've been listening to the Rangers about 20 20 years now. 
from all the games that he's been doing for TSN and, you know, for, for hot, you know, for hot, for, for those, uh, when he was doing those broadcasts. So that's just the way he's always been with, with every team. It just, I know that he's new to the state because this year ESPN got the, uh, got the coverage. I know he did a couple of games during the playoffs for NBC, uh, NBC sports network when they would have like some first round Canadian games, but this is the first time really everybody in the States is really getting a chance to hear Ray, but Ray, I, I'm, I, got, I respect Ray. He's one of my he's one of my favorites. So that's just me personally. So I'm just going with that. Well, he, he's well, very you know, knowledgeable. I mean, he's very very knowledgeable. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's he's bad. I'm just saying you can hear it in his voice. I mean, we went through this with NBC. Uh, you know, with Mike Milbury. Now he wasn't. You know, he was only <laughs> intermissions. He, you know, he wasn't doing the actual game. Hey. But I mean. I mean, you know, tell me you hate the Rangers without saying you hate the Rangers. I mean, you know, Milbury was, was late <laughs> about it. Um, you know, I remember specifically when the Rangers won, uh, when the Rangers beat Montreal in 2014, and I remember this. I, I, I'll never forget this. And, the, um, you know, the, the Prince of Wales trophy comes out, and nobody touches it. And he said, he, he said, you might as well touch this one because this is the last trophy they're going to see. <laughs> Kings all the way. Like, what? like yeah. come on, dude. Are you kidding me? Like, wow. We didn't even start the I swear to God he said it. I will try to find that clip. I will try, I'm probably not going to be successful, but he said, he, I swear to God, he said, Rangers might as well, you know, start hugging and touching the Prince of Wales trophy because this is the last over they're going to see for the season. Like, it was ridiculous. But so, yeah, I'm not going to put uh, Ray Ferraro in that category, but, you know, I, I look for these things in the national broadcast, and I just, you know, very, very knowledgeable, knows his stuff, obviously. Just uh, I'm getting an anti-Rangers vibe from him. That's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And you know, you know, Carl, you were talking about faceoffs in the regular season. The Rangers were at forty-eight percent. They were ranked twenty-fourth for playoff teams. So this year's playoff teams, only the Colorado Avalanche and the Washington Capitals were worse. The Avalanche were forty-seven percent. They were ranked twenty-eighth, and the Capitals were ranked thirtieth at forty-seven percent. So, bottom line, the Rangers are a bad faceoff team. I don't think it's going to improve that much. In these playoffs, you just hope that they win the most important ones, the defensive draws late in the game, on the power play to get possession. But they've been a bad face-off team for the last four or five years. I mean, really bad. Strom is not a good center. Zimbanejad does not win a lot of draws. Heedle has struggled. Heedle struggled so much today that they had Tyler Mott taking the draws in the third period. And he was two for eight. So... They're, they're just not a good team. Goodrow is good at center. He's a better face-off man than probably Rooney and Heedle when Heedle was centering. So that might be something they can consider. But overall, it's too late in the game to say, well, let's just get better at taking draws. So we're yeah. just going to have to handle it. You know, dig work the puck and try to get it back once you lose it and, and see what happens. Well, based on that, let's hope that we get to see the Rangers uh, facing off against Colorado and see who's better. <laughs> yeah, but, but Colorado, Colorado, can make, Colorado can make up for it for all the goals that they put in the net. With the, yeah, that team, yeah can, exactly. that team can just score. So, you know, they, well, they're the kind of team that, well, I'll chase the puck down, get it, and put it behind you before you know what happens. The Rangers yeah, got to yep. work a little bit more. Though they have good goal scorers. The Rangers have to work at it just a little bit harder, but it's something Steve and I have spoken about. How many years now, Steve? They're always oh, it's, their it's team. That's not going nowhere. It's, it's right. It's been an ongoing. It's it's yeah. probably the, the, the one position. It's hard to improve on, 
because, you know, you're not going to say, well, Zimbana just sucks at draws, so we don't want him on the team anymore because he does so many other great things. He's fourth in the playoffs in scoring right now. So mm-hmm. it's a give and take. But puck possession is everything. So you have to find other ways to get the puck when you lose the draw. Now, Scott, you have a question for Glenn. And then after that, we'll go to Adam and George and then go on for final thoughts. So, Scott, you have a question for Glenn? Um, how about this? If we exchange uh, five and six, and, and it's kind of a hard question to answer because it's, it's good. If I was going to answer that question, it would depend on how they go five and. But let's just say they, they, they everybody holds serve, uh, you know, on their on their home ice. What would you think the ch- and 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 they're legit games like nobody gets blown out either way. What would what would you like to what would you like the chances of a Rangers winning a game seven uh, in Carolina? And also, well, um, I mean, the, Glenn, if, Glenn, if you could yeah. also answer Carl's question about the uh, faceoffs in the uh, the offensive zone as well. On top of that, I don't want to lose track of that. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, and actually, I've got a quick question for anybody who wants to answer too. But I'll I'll go with Scott first. Um, you know, you're right. It's hard because it depends on how these games will go. Um, I think one of the keys in Game Five coming up is that uh, you know the the Zabanajad line really did not uh, produce a lot of offense in Games One and Two. Now, some of that may have been uh, you know the way Gallant maybe wanted them to play. Uh, but I think a lot of that also had to do with they were matched up with the stall line very often, which uh, they were able to get away from with the two games at the Garden, and, uh, you know, they produced some offense. So I think a key for Game 5 and, and obviously in Game 7 would be how much Moore is able to match up uh, the stall line against the Zabanajad line, and then, uh, you know, what other uh, secondary scoring the Rangers might be able to get. Um uh, I'm not. I, I don't like taking chances on Game Seven. I think Carl had mentioned that because it's so random. Uh, you know, anything can happen. You, you can play well. Um, you know, we're talking about Game One. Rangers should have won Game One, but they lost it on a on a goal by Ian Cole, who the last time he scored was in like 2010. Uh, that goes off the stick of Lindgren. Um, so it, it, you know, it's so hard to call the way they're playing right now. I have confidence that they can uh, beat Carolina in their building. Uh, I'm hoping it's in game six. I'm hoping they can ride this momentum that they've got right now into, uh, uh, you know, game uh, five in Carolina, take that game, and then we'll, we'll see how we do back at the Garden. Um, as far as face-offs go, and I think, you know, RP kind of mentioned this too, uh, you know, it's too late now to, to think that they're going to get better at face-offs. They're not. Um you know, I, I mentioned Kopp before at least is kind of, you know, getting in there and going down on his knees and trying to not lose faceoffs cleanly. Um, and I think uh, I don't know who mentioned that he won 53 percent uh, of his faceoffs. Uh, and I think some of that had to do with the fact that he gave his wingers time to get in and get possession of the puck, and also didn't give Carolina the chance to, you know, take a quick shot or make a quick pass before, uh, you know, the Rangers were able to get set up. Um, as far as offensively, sure. I mean, you know, as much time as, as we can keep uh, Carolina pinned in their defensive zone, the better off we're going to be. And when you lose those face-offs and let them get right out of the zone, it's trouble. But I think it's something that's going to have to be addressed by next year. I know our general manager was an outstanding face-off man, so he understands the importance of this. Um, but I think at this point right now, 
we've been talking about this since October. It's way too late to think that all of a sudden they're going to get good at face-offs. I mean, they've had a game or a game here or there where, um, you know, they might have won a, a, most of the face-offs, but most of the time it's, you know, 60-40 or somewhere in that range. And, uh, um, you know, they're just going to have to somehow kind of learn to uh, adjust to that and, and uh, get in position quickly, whether it's on offense or defense, and uh, just kind of go from there. But I think it's too late now to – to worry about uh, you know them with faceoffs. Um, I do want to throw a question out to whoever wants to chime in, uh, and RP kind of mentioned it, but I want to take it a step further. Um, the pressure obviously is now on Carolina. Um, if I'm a Carolina fan, I'm thinking, geez, we we really got outplayed in the two games in New York. The the two games here in Carolina could have gone either way. And I'm thinking, wow, we're, we're in a little bit of trouble. Um, so the pressure is definitely on Carolina. I'm wondering how anyone who wants to chime in thinks that uh, a team now that has not, forget the playoffs, a team that has not had pressure on them since October, pretty much. Uh, a team that has been good for three or four years now and hasn't been able to, you know, get into the later rounds. Um, how do you think that team deals with having to deal with pressure the first time really all season? I, I can feel this uh, because I remember the Rangers in a similar position in 2015. Uh, we're going to find out if it's going to bother them or not. It might, it might not. They might come out like nothing happened, um, you know, play their game. But, uh, you know, these guys are human beings. It might be in their heads. And the weird thing I'm comparing it to is 2015 – uh, Tampa ECF game seven, in which you know one Chris I think was what seven and zero oh in game in home game sevens or home yep. uh, yeah okay so you know and I remember going into that game thinking we had just beaten them we put up seven goals in Tampa in game six to tie that series and I remember mm-hmm. coming home or going into that building thinking I was like there's no way we lose this game I was so confident. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it might have been in the Rangers' heads, too, because the Rangers were flat. I mean, totally. flat. And it was no score yeah. for two periods. Uh, and the Rangers, I think, were just, just, just figured themselves they were going to win. So that definitely got in their heads. So it, it, we're going to see what Carolina's made of. It might get in their heads. They might be overconfident that we don't lose here. Um, they might be, might be uh, you know, panic mode in that we have to win. Uh, or they might be, you know, cool and collected and say, let's just do what we do. We don't, we don't know. Um, it's it's going to be one of the three. Uh, hopefully it's one or two and not number three. Uh, so we're, we're going to find out because uh, yeah, that was an excellent point that they really haven't had this kind of pressure. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess you could say maybe Game Seven, Boston, but uh, and and they only won that by one goal. Every game, all six games in that series were, were multi-goal, uh, you know, de- uh, you know, dif- differentials. More, you know, I don't want to say we used the word blowouts. A couple of them were, but they weren't all blowouts. But but only one one goal game, and it was that last one. So. Uh, they were, you know, they got the job done, but they were not their typical selves on home ice. So hopefully we, we, we get some of that. We're, we're, we're going to see what they're made of, uh, you know, how it bothers them. We just, we don't know. I, hopefully they fall apart. Hopefully it's in their heads. <laughs> hey, hey um, Glenn, you have any additional thoughts before we go to Adam? He can answer all those questions, and then we'll go around for final thoughts. Uh, anything else you'd like to add, Glenn? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, to me, I think it's all on the Rangers uh, to keep applying that pressure uh, and, uh, you know, make Carolina uh, get a little panicky, make them, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, wonder if things are falling apart on them. Uh, if the Rangers, you know, Carolina is going to come out first period, I'm sure, hard. And the Rangers are going to have to withstand that. But, you know, if the Rangers get up one nothing or 2 nothing. In uh, uh, in game five, then uh, you know we'll see how Carolina reacts. I mean, we saw tonight. You know, they got down three nothing, and they really were were out of character, like they were for a lot of the two games here. Um, and I think that you know the Rangers are going to have to pressure them. Uh, I think the Rangers learned something tonight uh, that they didn't do in game one uh, when it became three one. Tonight they didn't, and, and I, was, I was thinking it. Well, I'm watching the game. I'm like, guys, don't lay back and try to protect this lead like it did in game one because it didn't work in game one. And the Rangers kept pushing. They got that fourth goal and, and took the pressure off. Uh, you know, Gallant was about the only person who didn't think the Rangers backed off in game one in the third period. Uh, I sure thought they did. They were trying to run out the clock, and it didn't work. Uh, but I think they saw tonight that, you know, when, when you get Carolina on the run, just keep after them. Just keep putting the pressure on. And I think that's going to be the key on on, uh, on uh, uh, Thursday night. If they get Carolina in a hole, uh, then I think Carolina is really going to be feeling the pressure and, uh, you know, may force things and Rangers can take, care, uh, take advantage of some mistakes because, let's face it, uh, whoever is in goal, whether it's Auntie Ronda who, you know, cracked a little bit in the two games in New York – or if they decide to bring Freddie Anderson back, I believe the Rangers still have the best goalie. So, you know, they can take mild risks. They can wait for a mistake because they know they've got Igor back there who's, uh, you know, back on track now to be an Igor. So uh, I think it's all on the Rangers now to, to, to keep the pressure on them, not play timidly. I don't think they will. Um, and, uh, uh, I think the whole key to this pressure question about Carolina is what the Rangers do. So we'll see what happens Thursday night with that. All right. Uh, let's go to Adam and get his thoughts. Now, Adam, there's a whole bunch of questions on the table. If you want to answer any of those, any of your thoughts, uh, feel free to fire away. Um, how are you looking at game number five? And, and after that, uh, RP can chime in, and then we'll go around for final thoughts. Well, my – my whole thing is with uh, the face-off situation, I think they should go to the uh, training facility and learn from Cop because he's taking lacrosse-style face-offs. If anyone's been uh, realizing that, because when he takes the draw, he does it like lacrosse-style. Like, he's on his hands and knees and, like, battling for that puck. Um, my uh, my thing is with going into game five, um, you know, like everyone's been saying, you know, can Freddie Anderson come back by then? Um, I'm a little worried that if knowing Rod Brenmore, I'm pretty sure he's going to be like, you know what, Auntie, you played too much. Let's put Kakoska in and give the Rangers a run for their money. I think that would, if they put Kakoska in, we know how we are with rookie goalies. We can't score on them. They're like, out of nowhere, they're like the best goal in the NHL. Um, but, I'm I'm hoping uh, they keep Ronta in because you know he's all shaken up and we know how to beat him. But if they decide to put in Kakoski or Freddie Anderson, then you know could be a little trouble. But I'm hoping for Thursday 
like I said before, take the energy that we had tonight, the momentum we have, and shift it to Thursday. Just keep the same momentum. Um, and let Carolina – we all know Carolina's got their backs against the wall. Let them play stupid. Let them take the penalties. Capitalize the power play. And, you know, hopefully hopefully it'll be a good game. Um, but, like, I, Carolina knows how to win at home. They know what it's like to win in Raleigh. But, you know, after watch, you know, after game one and two, we, we know how to – we should know how to beat them. We're like, okay, we came this close to beating them in game one, um, somewhat game two. And now it's like, okay, we should know what to do now. We know how to do it. I feel like Gallant, he's, you know, he's getting – he's out coaching Rod Bergmore. And I never thought I'd see the day that Bridmore is getting outcoached and Caroline's getting outplayed. And I'd just like to see momentum going to game five. All right. Anything else, Adam? You got a, got a question for RP? Uh, anything else you'd like to add before we go around for – well, not final thoughts because RP's got to jump in. Actually, I got a question for you, Steve, a little, uh, a little off topic about uh, Friday night. Have, how was the fans around you? Oh, oh, well, here's the thing. Here's the cool thing. My section was actually three rows of Rangers fans, so I was actually in good company. I was actually good. Now, (laughs) a Ranger fan next to me spilled beer on a Carolina Hurricane fan, and some of it got onto my shoes. It was no biggie. You know, beer is beer. That's what's going to happen. But actually, my my, my section was actually three rows of Rangers fans loud. So – I, I was good. I kind of had a luck of a draw. What about you? I had an obnoxious Kane fan sitting next to me. Oh shit! Um, but yeah, I had, I had, but I, you know, I was yelling at the players from up top, you know, and two Ranger fans in front of me said, "You're making this feel like Madison Square Garden." I thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But how? But let me ask you this: How how did you like Raleigh? How did how do you like the arena? Like after, I even never, though we lost, but how did you like it? I ne- yeah, I never. I've been to North Carolina like a million times. Never been to Raleigh in my life till last weekend. Um, had a good time, a good barbecue. Um, oh oh, this is man. We might have to do a separate uh, podcast, Carl and RP and Scott, especially you, Scott and, and Carl. Man, they, they got the tailgate popping. I loved it. I loved it. This is an, I, I think I talked about this with Av before on a, a, another show. And I know the guard is on, thir- you know, Midtown. And, and listen, man, this, I am a little jealous. RP, Scott, Carl, Glenn, Adam. I wish the Rangers, and, and I think, Scott, you mentioned it, you know, how the Rangers used to do watch parties in Bryant Park, you know, on 42nd. Like, why? Yeah. It feels like, okay, I, I'm watching uh, – other games around the league. I watch Edmonton. It's like a sea of Edmonton Oilers fans outside the arena. I look at Calgary, same thing. I look at uh, Tampa Bay, same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, why not that kind of atmosphere outside of the guard? You can't block out a couple of streets. You can't get no city tournaments with the uh, with the with the city. I, I don't understand that. Like, it's lit in in, in in the arena, but what about outside of it? That it just like it seems like when it comes to the fan level stuff. Outside of the venues, these other cities, especially the Canadian cities, I mean, that's the, you know, they love that. It feels like you, it feels really concertish. Like, it feels like it's um, like a festival. I wish we kind of had that yeah. energy as well. Anybody wants to Yeah, Nashville, Nashville, too, from what I've seen. 
Oh yeah, Broadway. They really, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, big time in Nashville. Yeah, it's and and, and Canada is doing it. People, I, I mentioned this the other night. Canada does it for every city, every single game. The Leafs, Oilers, Flames. They got a giant like I don't know. 300-foot TV outside of their arena or wherever. I'm sure it's close to the arena where they just got, you know, thousands. looks like Times Square. Uh, I mean, every single arena, uh, you know, whatever Canadian team, first game in the playoffs. You know, the Rangers really don't don't get that thing going, Bryant Park and whatnot, until the finals. Uh, they're doing it in the first round. It's just, you know, Canada going to Canada. It's beautiful. Yeah. I don't oh, know well, and Pittsburgh that. did it too. Pittsburgh did it too, yeah. I remember oh, Pittsburgh did, they? did yeah, it too. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, that's one thing I wish the Rangers did. But, you know, answer that, or your question, Adam, uh, and then we'll go to RP and get his thoughts. Um, the uh, the atmosphere at Carolina, you know, the, the tailgate, you know, it's just like, feels like he was at a college football or football game. I mean, they were out there four hours before the game in the parking lot. It was like 95 degrees. I love them. Of course, I loved it. You know, Carolina fans—they they were repping their team. They were really passionate. A lot of th- you know the throwback Whaler jerseys was out there too. Um, you know, good crowd energy. You know, so we just got to come in and play smart. Now, RP, you have any additional thoughts before we go around for final thoughts, starting with Carl? Or? Well, I'm going to do my final thoughts now, Steve, because it's 11 o'clock and 4 o'clock is going to come really quick. So just give me like three right. minutes. I got a couple of thoughts, but I want to throw out. Yeah, yeah. The Rangers won. 25 road games last year. There's no reason why they can't win game six. Playing out, they know how to win on the road, know how to handle hostile crowds. We saw that with Pittsburgh. I think that game six in Pittsburgh showed them that they can win anywhere with a hostile crowd and a rowdy crowd. So I don't have that concern because of where they're playing. They just need to play a solid 60 minutes, which they didn't do in game one. And and I think they're going to be fine. Um, excuse me. Overall, the Rangers have no – they have pressure on them, but nothing like Carolina because Carolina has to be thinking at this point, never mind that we have to win our two home games, but they didn't dominate the two home games. They mm-hmm. won two very close games, but they only scored four goals in those two games. Chesterkin's playing – probably his best hockey that he's played in a long time. His goals against the great. He looks confident. He was tracking the puck incredibly well tonight and, and for the whole series. I think that's in our head. I think you're going to start seeing Carolina making a couple of extra passes instead of shooting because even Brindamore said, if you don't get traffic in front of the net, you just can't beat Jeff, beat Jeff Durkin. <clears throat> and that benefits the Rangers too because if they start passing one too many times that we've seen, the Rangers have done, that causes havoc the other way. Face-offs are going to be face-offs. Special teams are going to win these games. The Rangers have to keep up with the penalty killing and scoring on their power play. And I, I, I'm really confident they can take game six. I really don't want it to go to game, um, wind up going back. So we're just going to, excuse me, game five. Um, you don't want to come back and face another elimination elimination game at home Saturday night. It'd be much better going there three two, but we'll of course have to see how that game pans out. Panarin just has to shoot the puck a little bit more, a lot more. And overall, as a as a unit, their five on five game's been pretty strong. They go through those little spurts when you can see the surge by Carolina, like we saw in the middle of the second period tonight. Sometimes they can just turn it on, so we have to weather the storm. 
the first 10 minutes in game five is going to be really big. Keep Carolina off the board. That'll keep their fans quiet. And I think the Rangers will, will definitely have a good shot to win that game. Um, otherwise, keep following me. I'm Ranger Proud on Facebook and Twitter. Keep following me now on Instagram at Curto underscore or backslash or whatever we're calling it at RP. I've been posting a lot more on there. And for our cigar lovers, keep following me because I'm part of the Cigar Clowns. We do a lot of events, a lot of cigar stuff. You probably will see that all over the place on my Instagram account. It's, uh, if you guys are into cigars, it's a really good page to follow. So I hope you guys follow along with that. And uh, Steve, thanks again for the platform. This is like the best hour of the week, just to bullshit talk hockey with everybody. I really enjoy it. I hope you guys have a good night, and hopefully by Tuesday we'll be talking either Game 7 or Eastern Conference Finals. So let's see what happens. You guys have a good night, and I'll I'll talk to you next Tuesday. I'll throw the question at you on your Facebook page, on my question, because I know you got to go. So I'll throw the question at you that I have for you. Um, going actually go going ahead, back to now, the okay. game. Okay, well, let me ask you this. How do you feel? Okay, do you think the Rangers now have overcome the special team situation? Because that second period with the Brady Shea, uh, the four-minute uh, major, that, uh, that the high sticking, that turned into a shorthanded goal. Because we're talking about execution, and that's my only concern is really execution. You think the Rangers saw the execution roles through games three and four now that if they're on the advantage, if they slip up because of the crowd noise or lack of execution thereof, that this could cost it could cost them. Or how do you see it now that now everything's uh, transpired since game two, since that blunder uh, on the power play? You know, shorthanded goals happen. You never like it when it happens. You hate it when it's the game winner. You hate it even more when it's a former New York Ranger. <laughs> but it's going to happen. I, I don't think it had anything to do with the crowd noise as much as I think the Rangers were pressing too much. They were overpassing. They, their passes weren't crisp. These two games, these last two games, I should say, they just look more comfortable. And that tends to happen when you know, you're at home with your fan base and all. But like I was saying earlier, if, if you want to be the, these top teams in the NHL, if you want to be in the top four going to the Stanley Cup Finals, you have to overcome all of that. Fan noise, not playing good hockey, making mistakes and overcoming those errors. So I, I think it's funny. We're talking so much about the fan noise in these arenas. But that's what hockey is all about. 25 road wins. The Rangers have a played some pretty good games on the road in some rowdy areas and found ways to win. And that's what they're going to have to do if they want to advance. It's pretty simple. Can't be worried about the fans. Yes, they have a factor. Yes, the building's going to be rocking and loud and all, especially the first period. But these are professional hockey players. Go out there and play your game. You know, Chester can learn from what happened in Pittsburgh that you just have to overcome that. You just have to focus on the game in hand and what's in front of you and play the game that you know you can play. The Rangers might be a young team, but they were a good hockey team. They didn't get 52 wins by luck. So I think all of that momentum, all of that experience, though they are the youngest team in the league and and all of that crap that we keep hearing, just play your hockey game. And I think they're going to be fine. I, I really do. I might be overconfident. I'm a little biased, of course, we're Rangers fans, but... If you break it down and just look at two hockey teams, the Rangers have been in every game in this series. You can't really ask for more. The results didn't go our way in the first two games. 
But other than the third period in game one, they played an incredible two games over there. So I, I think the Rangers going in with confidence really high. I think Hurricanes are the ones that will be like, wow, if we don't win a home game, we're going to be in trouble. We're not scoring many goals. How do we beat Chesterkin? Why isn't the power play clicking? They have a lot of problems too right now. And I think the Rangers can take advantage of that. You know, they're in their heads a little bit now. Even the Rangers' fourth line, you know, when Reese is out there, their lines aren't dominating our lines. And this is with Reeves and, and Rooney, not to knock them, but it's not a powerhouse fourth line. But they played so small. And Kako on that line tonight was really good. You had an offensive guy who could grind the puck in the corner. You had a guy like Reeves that was pounding on guys. Rooney is a smart two-way player. They have four good lines right now. And that's all you can really ask for. So uh, I think the fan, the fan noise and all of that, you just put to the side. You don't even worry about that. Just play your game, and these guys are going to come out with a victory. Raise your proud, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, next time is definitely tomorrow. Have a good night, and uh, I'll be on the social media all day, all blue shirts, man. Let's go to Carl, get his final thoughts, and right down the line to Scott, Glenn, and Adam. Shout out to George, who, uh, who was on earlier. Uh, he had to go, but let's go to Carl and get his final thoughts. Yes, it's been a great night being with all of you gentlemen, as always. And uh, to do it after a playoff win is amazing. I do have a special request that if the series does go seven, that we do a post game after Monday. But that's just something that I'm just, you know, just. Yeah, that answer is yes. That is a yes. Yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. There you go. Glenn. Glenn. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Um. You know, you know, saying goodbye here, um, you know, I'm not the biggest person that believes in momentum, per se. It's just it's not something I think every game sort of independent. You know, until Carolina doesn't, you know, show up at home and I see a loss, then I'm going to believe it. Though there's a scenario in my head that I've been thinking. Remember, like, I think it was last before the series started, I talked about the idea of winning the series and stealing the series. And I think we're, we still haven't seen yet that one – Igor stealing game that we've seen early on this season, like the first 50 games where there was those one game where he's getting peppered. The game is just totally lopsided, but we just happened to win that one game. And I feel like we game five might be the opportunity or maybe game seven, who knows where that scenario happens. Cause I could see a scenario where, where Carolina comes out and they go balls to the wall. They, they do whatever it is that they're going to do. Come, come Thursday night. And you know what? It just might not be good enough. And maybe that's the one game where it happens. And hopefully, you know, it, you know, it, we don't play well, but it's just a game that we just – you come away from the game saying, holy shit, we, we got away with that one. And then they go ahead and win game six. And that's, that's the scenario that I'm thinking about if the Rangers are going to pull it off in a, uh, down there in Raleigh. Um, I wanted to hit two things on the other series real quick. Connor McDavid. Yeah, yeah please. Was amazing. I mean, this guy's – Fucking amazing, man! I I don't know what to say about him, and and hey, I have to get you know this is res- out of respect. The Tampa Bay Lightning, hey, listen, they're doing it on muscle memory right now. They they should not be in the position that they are, getting ready to eight games away from three peating. But hey, they they did what they had to do against um against Florida in that series. And if and I remember saying it last week, if we can win two more games. I feel like we have some unfinished business 
that has to be attended to against that team. And maybe just cross your fingers, hope, pray to the heavens that we get that opportunity uh, at some point next week. Shout out to Carl. Thank you very much. At the C notes on Twitter, give Carl a follow. Talk blue shirts, talk sports with him, man. Thank you very much, Carl. And absolutely, if this thing goes the distance, we will we will swap uh, episodes. We'll do it on the holiday. We'll make it happen. So shout out to Carl on that, man. Um, Scott, final thoughts. Uh, you know, John Kreese, uh, a.k.a. Gerard Gallant, uh, handled business. The <laughs> dojo was popping tonight. I, I, I lo- you know how I love these movie references with Florida Games, man. I loved it. Your thoughts, <laughs> sir? Glenn's thoughts, of course. Glenn's amazing thoughts. And then Adam, then we wrap up. <clears throat> um, I, I, wa- I want to disagree with Carl on one last point. Uh, you were saying, like, we haven't seen that, that game, that, that Igor Steele game, um, and – the, the way you're kind of saying it, like you, like like you're you're looking forward to it. I'm not. I don't want to see an Igor Steel game. I want to see a Rangers dominate game. So no, I, I know I, I know what you're saying. I know I, I know exactly what you're saying. You know we've seen it. We you know Richter's had plenty of his. Lundqvist has had plenty of his. You know I, I get like 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 your game had it. Uh, in the game that we beat them two nothing, where the shots were like ninety to ten or whatever it was, um, you know, I, I get what you're saying. One of those, it would be nice, but I would feel a lot more better. My heart would feel a lot more better, uh, you know, if, if we don't have to go through that. If we could play the rest, you know, win two more games like we did tonight, uh, would be nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, around the around the league, uh, you know, I, I've been kind of. One eye on the screen here. Edmonton was up three nothing. Now it's three two. And uh, Calgary got two uh, two goals in like forty seconds. Uh, so that's interesting. I'm I'm pulling. I mean, McDavid is just unbelievable, and he'll get a couple eventually. But I really want to see Calgary win. I got a good friend out there, so uh, there's that. And uh, yeah, like we say in Tampa, is uh, you know they're the two time defending cup champs until they're not. And you know they lost. You know, well, Goodrow was you know a, a big piece to us. Braden points out, and they just keep getting better somehow. It's just unbelievable. Uh, so, you know, that's certainly an interesting matchup waiting for uh, whoever survives ours. But uh, uh, there's a great series going on all over. You know, it's, it's kind of hard. We, you know, we're so wrapped up in ours, obviously, uh, that, um, you know, and, and it's a shame that Jordan Bennington went out because that, that series is now over. Steve, I know you, you've You've been it's all over. over St. Louis all year. That was your it's that over. was your squad. You know, you, 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 I know that was your hope to knock down Colorado. I apologize, sore point, but uh, Bennington out. That's just over. And you know, we saw it last night. Uh, you, you know, St. Louis was hanging around, and Colorado just said, "Yeah, okay, we're done here," and then just scored a whole bunch of goals. So uh, that's it. Really, is a shame though, because I, I agree with you on that. That St. Louis uh, might have. I, I didn't think they were going to win anyway, but. They were built to at least give them a run, and and unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's you know you hate to see something like that, but it is what it is. Uh, you know the, the Battle of Alberta is uh, you know I'd like to see Calgary win this. I don't want to see it go three one. I'd like to see this thing go seven and go like nine overtimes. I don't probably wouldn't be up for it, but uh, <laughs> I, I really want to see the, you know get the most out of this uh, Battle of Alberta. But um, and hey. Uh, you know, Steve, you're always doing the the, the one doing the shout out. So shout out to you. Uh, like RP said before he signed off, uh, I agree. This is like my favorite hour of the week. 
Um, you know, I remember when you first tried to get me on a couple of years ago and I was passing out at like nine o'clock and I couldn't get it cause I was like sleeping. Um, uh, you know, that's no longer an issue. Uh, you know, I, I love this show. You do a phenomenal job. This is a, this is a great crew. Uh, so, uh, yeah, shout out to Steve and, uh, I'm just, I'm so confident of, you know, I, I hope, I'm not overconfident, but uh, like I said, if we had stolen this game and tied the series, I'd be like, all right, whatever, we're going to go back to Carolina. But just the way that we won tonight uh, fills me with, with confidence that we can take this series. So that's, uh, all right, Thursday night, on the Thursday. I want Thank you, Scott. Uh, we're going to go to Glenn, but I want to say thank you. I mean, I mean, it's like-minded sports fans, uh, original fan sports talk. Shouts to Carl, uh, his amazing analysis, and of course RP. I mean, it's really a collective, just bringing it together. The way sports fans talk really about their teams and how they see sports. Um, I'm glad you said something about that, Scott. I should we should have brought this up to RP because we said this at the start of the series uh, about. Remember, it was about what it was those that verbies. It was about could we outskate Carolina and win, or we said we would have to steal. And I said steal, and I was actually I'm through game through four games. I'm wrong. Uh, we said I said that we would have to steal these games, and I, as as a, the way it's been playing out now, and give kudos to RP. He says we could outskate them, and then this far, you know, series is tied two to two. But shout out to you, Scott, on that. And uh, let's go to Glenn, and then of course Adam, and then we'll wrap up. Glenn, your final thoughts. I I can't wait to see your uh, reaction uh, leading up to Thursday, Glenn. Uh, I I you know, okay. gotta you know see you on the great on the post, man. <laughs> I, I'm gonna give it to you, Steve, because last week when you asked, I said we were gonna have to steal games uh, too. So they're surprising me. Um, two quick things mm-hmm. I want to mention first. Uh, one is that uh, Ty Domi has to be embarrassed <laughs> with his son. <laughs> Pointing out an abrasion on his cheek after to the referee after Truba hit him, and then poking Reeves in the face while he's got three officials uh, holding him between him and, and Reeves. I I think uh, Daddy Ty has to give his son uh, a little talking to between games uh, four and five. That's one observation. Uh, second one, uh, if I remember the history of Ray Ferraro, uh, and and I believe I actually read this uh coming from his own mouth um first of all remember he was an islander for six years and then he uh signed as a free agent for the rangers who promptly traded him at the trading deadline his first year here and uh i remember reading that uh he he was traded to the kings and him saying that he was really pissed at the rangers that he signed as a free agent and then got shipped out to la so there is a there is a little background history there for Ray not being a big Ranger fan. Um, Aha! I knew uh, it! I knew it! <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I remember seeing that. He was pissed that the Rangers traded him, like, three quarters of the first season here. So, uh, you know, there is that to consider. Um, as far as the, the games going on, I'm trying to put myself in the position of uh, a Carolina player or a Carolina fan. Um, I, I think... Uh, uh, Carl may have pointed out that they only scored, or I don't remember who it was, might have been RP, who said uh, they only scored four goals in uh, in the two games in Carolina. Uh, one of them was Brendan Smith on a uh, shorthanded goal that is going to happen once in about ten seasons. Uh, the the other one by Ian Cole, who went in off Lindgren. Uh, one, I think, uh, was an empty net goal, and then the one by Ajo. So, 
not only did they only score four goals in two games, uh, they're not by any big guys. Uh, so that says something. And now they've only scored two uh, in the two games here. So if I'm looking at a trend, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a, an offense that was incredible during the regular season that is just uh, become impotent. Uh, in this round, and you got to give the Rangers some credit for that. Um, but the, uh, the the trend of, of that offense, the trend of uh, the, the the power play for Carolina, the way the Rangers have played, I think incrementally better as the games have gone on. Maybe not game two, but um, you know certainly in games three and four, um, everything is trending the Rangers' way, and. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we've all been Ranger fans for a long time. We know series can change on a dime. Uh, we've been talking about that Tampa series where they scored seven in Tampa and then got shut out in a listless game seven. Uh, if I remember correctly, they got shut out in game five at the Garden, too. They went down to Tampa, scored seven. And after that game, I can't remember being more confident going into a game seven than I was in 2015 uh, in game seven against Tampa. And... Uh, what Carl's saying, at least personally for me, is absolutely true. Uh, I've got unfinished business with Tampa. Uh, after that series, and uh, I remember uh, John Cooper being a little snarky in some post-game uh, interviews in that series, and I, I took a, a dislike to him. And I've rooted against Tampa every game, regular season, and playoffs since then. So, uh, I, I, I'm I'm not going to look ahead, but if uh, if we're lucky enough to go ahead and play Tampa, I'm going to be into that series as much as if it was uh, uh, the Islanders or or the Devils or Pittsburgh. So um, I, I agree with Carl. There is unfinished business as far as I'm concerned with Tampa. Um, and uh, just in closing, I'll join the, the mutual praise committee. Um, I couldn't wait to get on with you guys tonight. I've loved doing uh, these uh, podcasts all year. Uh, I love Scott's exuberance and and getting me into Batman. Uh, I I love Carl. Every podcast, Carl says two or three things that just stops me, and I'm like, wow, I didn't think of that. Wow, that's that's something real real observant. Uh, So thank you, Carl, for that. Uh, RP, if he's still here with all his uh, inside information and Obviously, uh, uh, you know, he, he brings out some, some great observations uh, about the team and the game. And, uh, Steve, kudos to you. Because you pull us all together every week. You make us want to come back and, and make us look forward to every Tuesday night. So I don't want to make this sound like we're signing off for the season because we still got a ways to go. But this is a great uh, setup, and uh, all you guys are fantastic. I love being with you every Tuesday. And much respect to you, Glenn. Thank you very much on that. And let's get uh, thoughts from Adam, man. Adam, it's good to hear from you. Uh, I, I love the energy from you, bro. Your final thoughts, and then we're out, man. Well, um, <laughs> all I got to say is that, you know, with we're, Tampa's going to be waiting for a bit to see who they're going to play. But my whole thing is, is that I don't think the rest is going gonna, is gonna to help them big time. But um, I'm I'm just ready for Game Five. I'm ready for the rest of the series. Uh, I'm completely uh, confident that this team can actually pull it off. 
on Thursday, but uh, like I said before, it's they they just got to do is block out the noise, play their game, and just get it going. Um, so going around the league, uh, you know, obviously Calgary and Edmonton very uh, very entertaining to watch. You know, all these scraps and you know back and forth goals, and you know McDavid's just the best player in the league. Um, I think I think uh, Edmonton's going to give. Colorado, if they win the series, I think they're going to give Colorado a run for their money and going to shake a lot of heads. It's going to turn some heads a little bit because of the brackets. Um, like I said, my bracket, I had uh, Carolina and Colorado. Maybe my bracket will be busted by next Tuesday. We don't know. <laughs> um, but with the blue series, um, you know, I'm just going around the league a little bit. With the blue series, I don't see St. Louis coming back. Uh, beating Colorado um, because they lost Bennington, and Bennington's been a really key uh, factor because he keeps the team together. As you know, he's a solid goaltender. But um, you know, going with the Rangers, uh, like I said, Carolina, like Carolina, plays stupid. Let them take the penalties. You know, we're under their skin, and you know, capitalize the power plays, uh, win faceoffs. I think uh, like. I think I'm just confident that we're gonna we're gonna shut these guys out. You know, hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, we'll see some uh, good things coming this week. Shout out to Adam. Uh, thank you very much, sir, for uh, joining the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. It was an honor. It was fun times last weekend in Raleigh, uh, chopping it up with you, and also coming back on to this platform and, and uh, talking hockey. Yeah, so I, I like this idea, Carl. Um, I mean, you know, the Yankees are doing their thing. Major League Baseball is not going nowhere. So, yeah, why not on a holiday if this thing goes seven? That's going to be fun. Let's do it like that. If the Rangers or the series is over before that, we'll do it Tuesday. So it's going to be a wait and see. We're pretty much a TBD at this point. So if this thing goes game seven, we're going to come on Monday. But if the series is over, we'll jump on Tuesday. That's how we'll play it. But uh, I want to shout out to everybody that came on, man. Carl, Scott, Glenn, Adam, George, RP, uh, myself. Uh, my thoughts as far as around the league, uh, Edmonton has been put up a million goals. Uh, that Kane line with uh, with McDavid has been spectacular. Uh, I know I know Calgary's trying to call their uh, way back into the game. I've been trying to keep an eye out on that game. Um, the Florida Panthers is not going to get a lot of heat because nobody watches uh, hockey in Broward County, Florida. So they're not going to get, you know, pushed back for, you know, winning the President's Trophy. I mean, the heart of the champion, to me, is really more about Tampa Bay doing what they did against Toronto. Instead of, I had Tampa Bay beating Toronto, and I didn't think they were going to sweep the Panthers. But, damn, I mean, they did, they did all that without Braden Point. I mean, shoot, they still all have their whole entire core intact. They're going to be a tough out. They can play any game. They don't do anything. They don't do anything outstanding. They just play solid hockey. They play their line. They play their lines. They play their lanes. Um, so I don't know whether it's Carolina or the Rangers. I'm with you, Carl. You know, it's been a good seven years of that. Hopefully, it's us. But I don't want to look ahead. I'm focused on Game Five on Thursday. And Carl, like we said, <laughs> the Giants could take a step back for a week. <laughs> we'll do back-to-back weeks starting next Thursday with them. Because I ain't missing that game. I'm talking about the blue shirts on game five on Thursday. There ain't no way. <laughs> That's important. That's a big game. <laughs> so shout out to everybody on this platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Tune in. 
the Bleed Blue Show website, stream the episodes, and these episodes are going to be circulated on RP's page and everywhere else. So feel free to share. You get to hear from Carl, Glenn, Scott, Adam, George, uh, everybody, RP, myself, and Go Rangers, LGR. We got a tie series, game number five. Big game on Thursday. Bleed Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.